What's up, everybody? Episode 74 of All Out War. Thanks for tuning in to us. We appreciate it. I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, man. What's up? Yeah. We are... Uh, this is March, our first podcast in March. Yeah. Today is March 1st. Yesterday was a leap year. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. We won't have another one of those for four years. Yeah. Um, and my friend had a baby. Yesterday? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it will be one year old in four years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I saw some picture of, uh, it was really cute, a hospital. I don't know. I don't know if it's like I've turned, I've since um, moved into a new decade of, you know, I'm no longer in my 20s. Right. I'm now 30. Yeah. Um, then maybe all of a sudden stuff that I didn't care about <laughs> or like, I think it's that fatherly instinct coming in you know stuff that i never noticed before yeah but anyway I, I saw this and i was like oh that's cute and i never would have said that before <laughs> but i saw this picture of like a hospital that they uh they dressed up all the babies that were born yesterday in uh frog onesies for a leap year <laughs> oh okay and i was like that's really cute that's funny yeah that's you're gay no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah wait a second what why are you gay <laughs> I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, what we haven't done in 2020. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. Wow. Yeah. It's back. It we're is back. Good. It I feel, never left. I feel like we're back, man. Yeah. It's been, January lasted forever and February flew like like crazy. Mm-hmm. We only had two episodes in January. Here we are in, in March and now we're getting ready to kick it off. Yeah. I'm excited about the spring. I'm excited about the podcast in the spring and going forward. Yeah. We got some new stuff in our own personal lives. And this episode of the podcast, yeah. by the way, is going to be uh, talking about basically Christians and hardship. Yeah. How do we deal with hardship? So if you are going through a difficult time or you know somebody, this would be one you want to listen to. Hopefully. Hopefully. We're, we're saying that uh, uh, with a lot <laughs> Pre- of, uh, yeah, before it. <laughs> so Pre- hopefully it will um, you know, we're putting that good vibe out into the universe. That's right. You know, that's we're, right. <laughs> we're focusing like, wait, on what? We don't do that good vibe. We don't do all that thoughts and prayers thoughts and vibes. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> that's right. Positive energies. Oh, my. Did you even listen to the yoga one we had our last episode? Nope. Okay. Uh, anyways, you were there with us, but. I was. Um, say, what do you know, man? Hey, did you know that um, the Holy Roman Empire and the Republic of the Seven Netherlands Hmm. got into a war? It lasted a day, and it was called the Kettle War because the only shot fired hit a soup kettle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was the Roman Empire? Yeah. It was was October 8th, 1784, right after uh, the Netherlands got their independence. The Roman Empire was still existence in the 1700s yeah i did not know that yeah wow yeah so this was after the it's a the dutch revolt okay uh the dutch used to be a spanish colony from spain yeah so they revolted and then okay conflict gotcha okay Uh, so there you go the kettle war (laughs) the kettle war how about how about another one sure i love i love that was kind of yeah i like that one that was cool um did you know that uh you remember the game neopets oh yeah yeah you know that it was uh, connected to Scientology. Oh, great. Yeah. My kids had those. I, d- I played it. Oh, man. Yeah. I had friends that still played it like 
in their 20s. <laughs> well, like man. Like six years ago. It's got some power behind that game, huh? I had some really nerdy friends. I still have. <laughs> but, yeah. Am I anyway, so the Neopets, yeah, it was the Scientologist thing. Wow. Okay. So there you go. I hope I've ruined your childhood. Can't have any nice things anymore. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this podcast. So sit mm-hmm. back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War podcast. Yes, you are. I didn't know you were going to play that. <laughs> I was just taking care of all the birds with one stone, bro. Cool. We ro- rolled our intro in. Yeah. So, anyways, man. So. We've uh, we kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier and said we're talking about Christians in hardship. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of those ones where um, we've had a couple of these. It's like a question... Uh, how do I deal with this? How do I do? Yeah. It? I remember you had one. What do, you had? We we had one a few months ago about what do I? How do I handle when God doesn't answer my prayers? And you know, our podcast was created on the premise of theology, politics, and culture. Yeah. And we've had we've used tremendous liberties. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I don't know if we talked a lot about any of those. <laughs> but we've had we've had Cabot on. Yeah, we've had political guests. Lots of political guests. We've we've done a a lot of theology we did end time series we did you know we've done st- like other stuff aliens Ali- which is clearly within all three of those <laughs> that's right that's right um, um maybe we should just go ahead and say that that it just sounds catchy but it doesn't necessarily oh the, like, the three yeah yeah it helps people understand like what they might what get we're about yeah yeah but it all it all works yeah it I all guess works. that's true yeah but yeah so this is one of those ones where it's more theological and and a little bit hopefully it'll be it'll be encouraging that's my hope yeah i do happen to have a few handful of friends that are going through some really difficult times right now and they're they're mature believers and so i'm not concerned that they're going to abandon their faith or anything like that but i am my heart goes out to them you know because it's painful to watch someone that you care about go through a difficult season yeah in life and um so we just wanted to talk about it and you and i both have been through some difficulties you know currently recently and uh yeah no doubt in the future well you're not immune to it yeah right yeah exactly so um so i'll just start with a scripture verse how's that yeah that'd be good so colossians chapter 1 verse 24 paul writes he says for I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. And so, uh, and then he goes on to say, God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. So uh, he he connects suffering uh, that Paul ex- had exclusive uh, and very intimate relationship with in his ministry in life. Yeah, uh, with the with Christ, his connection with Christ, because he says that uh, I am participating in the sufferings of Christ, and he says the purpose behind it is for Christ's body, the church. And so I think that that's an important. I, I wanted to kick off with that. Yeah. Well, how about I'll take that since that was a question that I was going to have a good way to roll into it. Yeah. So. 
very basically, why would uh, why would it you know why why do Christians suffer? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why uh, you know because Jesus called uh, us you know all at least all the apostles uh, except for John right that were martyred like yeah. died yeah um, yeah because the original John, twelve the, yeah but I mean all throughout the early church like they this was not an easy life becoming a Christian at that I don't, most points throughout history has never been uh yeah like an easy thing but you know jesus himself said that we're you know this is not we're not called to uh this is not the easy way it's not the easier softer way yeah in many cases yeah so uh why why do christians suffer yeah it's various reasons i think there's a handful of reasons personally mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the first things that you want to understand is that a Christian is not, first of all, we're not immune, as I just said, we're not immune to suffering. There is there is a um, belief that when you accept Christ, that there is um, some sort of immunity that happens for tragedy and difficulties and hardship. And um, if you're honest, you realize pretty quickly that that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And so... And sadly, there's th- theological dispositions that would say otherwise. They would say, oh, well, if you're experiencing sickness or if you're experiencing hardship, difficulty, your faith is weak. Yeah. And that's just, you know, we, what I just read in Colossians just totally puts that on its face because Paul said, I'm actually partaking in the sufferings of Christ. Like Christ suffered. Yeah. And because I'm identified with him, I will suffer as well. And um, some of your versions, I'm reading the NLT version because I just got a new Bible and I'm reading the NLT. I don't know what everyone else reads, but I picked one of these up and I'm enjoying That's it. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. But there's another verse I want to read. Yeah. It's out of Second Timothy. It's uh, chapter 4, verse 5. And Paul was talking. I'll read a little bit before. He says, I urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. He's talking to Timothy as a pastor. And he says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear they will reject the truth and chase after myths. And then this is what I what I like. He says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Hmm. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. So, you know, it's interesting. So I'm just thinking, uh, like when you're when you're saying that, you know, some Christians today might think that, if they're not suffering, or, you know, if they are suffering, that their faith is not strong. Yeah. That, like, it was probably the reverse back then. Like, these Christian, uh, the early church, probably viewed it as if they were, if they were not suffering, they weren't doing it right. Right. So, like, so, like you know, one of those things, like, it, yeah, and again, they all knew. Probably true. That it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good, yeah. And, um, you know, if I'm not, and I don't want to compare it like nowadays, you right. know what I mean? Right. Because it's totally not fair. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's one of those things, 
follow me on this tangent if you will yeah yeah indulge me like there's this thing you know how uh conservatives and like right-wingers are getting banned from social media and all that stuff yeah there's kind of like this joke going around where they're like oh you're still on twitter uh you're not that conservative then. oh right you know what i mean because like <laughs> yeah. you haven't been banned yet <laughs> yeah you haven't been banned yet you haven't been suspended like you know it's like a where you know it's like a, a badge of honor that you're really conservative or right wing yeah and uh i don't want to say nowadays is like <laughs> not to relate but you know almost as like if you're not suffering on social media you know there's like this uh <laughs> On social media, or right, you know, yeah. like this thing, like you're not being bull. If you're not being banned because I hate Christians on you know stuff, and you're not proclaiming the gospel and all this stuff, it's just kind of in that same way that they're like the stigma of, oh, you're safe or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I wonder if, uh, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> it, you know what else is interesting is, uh, early church had a dilemma. Yeah. When people would defect in faith and so they would convert and then they would persecution would come hardships would come and they would flee and they'd go back to their old life yeah what do they do when they came back so like the persecution would cease for a season or whatever and then they would come back and want to fellowship with the church and the, the dilemma for the early church was do we let them back in where they really converted what do we do and um it was like was it a false conversion because mm -hmm. they ran you know yeah and they abandoned or some of them outright denied yeah. you know and the the end result was that they let them back in. That's what they decided to do was let them back in, um, which is the right thing to do. Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> prove your stripes, boy. You yeah, know, exactly. Where, where are you? But um, but I think that, you know, this is one of the very first things that God permitted the church to do was to endure hardship, was to face difficulties. Um, one of the very first things. Like as soon as Jesus rose from the dead, almost immediately they started facing you know obstacles and opposition and hardships and so it's not something that um has ever been absent from the church yeah but what's crazy in and i think the lord knows this about us obviously because he knows everything but uh what is interesting is that he i think he knows how we're going to handle it yeah and what we're going to immediately what our minds are going to go to and how we're going to um respond Mm -hmm. And and so I love how he prepared and tried to prepare the church for this because he told them like in this world you'll have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world you know that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite verses out of the, the Gospel of John yeah you know and and he he said things to them in reference to hey you're gonna have it's not gonna be a cakewalk and so your first question was why why does persecution happen or why does hardship come and why why does tr why does trouble come in the life of a believer and so the first thing that i want to say is that i think one of the premier reasons that hardships come into the life of a believer is because jesus wants us to be like him and he's trying to make the believer become more like him he's yeah. trying to allow their life and their circumstances of their life their situations, their hardships, the things that they're dealing with, whether it's health issues, whether it's marriage issues like relationships, whether it's finances, um, any number of things. It could be even a faith crisis in some ways. Um, it, it, these hardships, they come in with the purpose, with an end goal of becoming more like Jesus when it's had its way. 
Yeah. When, when the hardship has seen its way through your life and you're on the other side of it, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to make you more like God, make you more like Jesus and reflect him and have his more of his nature ruling you. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so I apologize about that. The first uh, segue I had, I totally lost my train of thought. When <laughs> the dogs, else, we, yeah, heard the dogs. dogs. we heard the dogs. That's why I, all of a sudden yeah. I lost my, and uh, I apologize to the listener. My dogs, um, they're little dogs and they bark and if they have excellent hearing. Yeah. And so if they hear something outside, they just start barking. Yeah. And so I apologize for my idiotic yeah. <laughs> thing that I just But they started are cute making. dogs. They are cute. Um, I was going to say, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always heard this uh, analogy that I've kind of taken um, in my life. And uh, so I, I, I would posit that a, another thing. So Christians would suffer to be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, and also a suffering to bring us closer to him. Yeah. And so this thing that someone um, told me many years ago that I, uh, like I said, I, I've held on to and uh, made it become my own almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, stole, I stole this idea. Yeah. And so I'll talk about it. And um, it's basically this idea of a, a, a rear view mirror, right? And, uh, or this idea of being able to look back, um, in my own life. So I'll just use the last, I don't know, 10 years for an example or something like that. And there is a lot of stuff, uh, when I would come, come to a new situation that I had absolutely no idea how I'd be able to get through it. And it, you know, uh, I was 20 years old, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and so there was stuff when I was, uh, you know, just, uh, I, this sounds so silly, but uh, like for an example of like something that wasn't a big deal, I never knew how to quit a job <laughs> on favorable terms. And I'm very non-confrontational. Yeah. Like by nature, I'm not a, I'm kind of a sissy. Okay. I, I'm a big softy. I'm a big <laughs> sissy yeah. when it comes to confrontation. So like a big, a big thing for me at the beginning, you know, it just was like, I don't know how to quit a job on favorable terms. And I was scared. And like there was times where I remember I would be, just deathly anxious like i didn't know it really was all or nothing like i need you god to help me get through this and that sounds so silly and then there's stuff that would happen and and i would get through it obviously and i'd be fine and then there's other things like when um like in the last 10 years i've had a lot of friends die you know what i mean and um there's a lot of stuff that like i didn't know how i was going to be able to get through it you know and uh yeah um, and not in any way to like to me, I don't mean that, but I mean like there's like real stuff that happens over the course of years and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so these situations that I didn't know how I was going to be able to get through or like literally survive, you know, like I, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I can't do it on my own. And, uh, you know, there's this saying, uh, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle, <laughs> which is not biblical and it's not in the. It's not but even true, right? It's not true, yeah, because he gives us stuff all the time that we can't handle. And on purpose. On right? purpose, <laughs> yeah. so that it can <laughs> prove that we need him. We can't do it on our own. We mm-hmm. literally can't do it on our own. So he gives us more than we can handle all the time to prove that we're feeble, broken you know, creatures that can't do anything on our own. So anyway, the whole point with this rearview mirror thing is, like, now I had enough of these situations that I literally couldn't, I had no idea how to get through. You know what I mean? I did not know... Um, the next step, how to start, 
doing anything, you know, in regards to these situations, how I was going to get through them, how I was going to emotionally survive, you know, there's some, you know, stuff that it got dark, you know, there's yeah. things like losing best friends and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, nothing that makes it any easier with death or anything, but just a good example I think of is that now, you know, the more times that I went through all those things, uh, and I had to truly just give everything up to God and be like, God, you need to get, I can't, you need to carry me. You know, like the footprints on the beach. You need to totally yeah. just carry me. I'm a baby. I can't <laughs> do anything. I need you and everything. And the more times that he continuously showed up, you know, um, and I don't mean this in a kind of way of like, like judging God as if he wouldn't show up. Right. But go with me. You know, the number of times he always brought me through all these difficult times, um, the more I can look into the future and remember that all those times I never thought I could get through the worst thing that happened at that point in my life, you know, like right. this unclimbable mountain that he brought me over. Yeah. Like I have a track record. I have a practical way of looking back in my life and seeing that he's carried me out of a hundred out of a hundred times that I needed him. Chances are, he's probably going to carry me out of this hundred and first. You know what I mean? Right. So it's right. That, that was a really long analogy, but the, <laughs> you know the, he. So is that accurate that he, you know, allows suffering to happen so that we can turn to him and grow our faith in him? Because the more that he, yeah, practically he shows up and carry, you know, it might that the faith is like a muscle; it needs to be strained and then rebuilt. Yeah. Um. Well, so yeah, it, it's totally to turn the believer back to God. Like, I mean, we're supposed to be looking towards him anyways. And yeah. when hardship comes, it should cause us to lean lean into him even more. But, um, you know, our human nature is, to, it just goes against that. It's like, oh, I need to figure out, I, or like some people immediately turn to another person. Yeah. Oh, I need I need wisdom from somebody else, like that know, will tell me what to do, yeah. how to handle this. So give me an answer, you know. Um, other people will like just grind it out i'll just endure this in myself like i will make it through i don't care the whole world could come against me i'm gonna make it that's not what the lord wants either he does tell us to endure you know these hardships you know like a good soldier mm -hmm. like paul says that in in second timothy he says you know like his whole life has been poured out like a drink offering and you know he's at the end of his life and he's like endure and encourages timothy endure hardship yeah like a good soldier you know like do it do it well. And um, I think that the purpose in the design is that it, for a believer, it'd be lean into him more. Mm -hmm. Not not be your own strength, not be someone else's strength, but his strength, yeah. God's strength. And that's where it gets really hard because it in there's like an internal conflict that I get when I start to have a hardship and I'm thinking, but God, you caused this. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the world? Why are you letting this happen? Like, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And there's literally been prayers that I've had during really hard times where I've been like, God, I, I don't understand. And I don't know if I ever understand. And guess what? Here's the thing. God doesn't owe me an explanation. Yeah. He doesn't owe any man an explanation. You know, Job could have said the same things. You know, if you read the book of Job, um, you know, he could have said the same things. He could have been like, God, and he did. He did, you know, question God. And God's response to him was, where were you 
Where were you when I made this and when I did that, when I put the stars into place, when I put the foundations of the earth down? You know, where were you? And uh, and he has this response back to Job to get him back in the right alignment mm-hmm. and understand of who's God and who's not God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think that is a great place that for us to be. Um, now, obviously, there's not been another human being that I know of that suffered like Job. Yeah. But all suffering is painful. We're not, you know, we and we shouldn't even equate it because something that you go through might be really hard for you. But for me, it may not be that difficult. Mm-hmm. But something that I go through, you might breeze through. You know what I mean? Where I yeah. would want to collapse under it. You know, everybody's got different strengths and different, you know. And I guess that's, I was going to say to go with that, um, that just shows that the reason that everyone's made differently. And, you know, maybe even where it talks about, um, you know, to come to where uh, the Bible tells us to come together, where they, you know, to join in fellowship. And mm-hmm. I was thinking immediately of the, the analogy of the body, right? You know, like an eye, you know, is useless to a hand, you know, like all these things. But at the same time, they all need one another. Right. You know, like, but everyone's made differently. And that's why you, you we're called to remain in fellowship and walk with each other so that, you know, because if, if everyone had the same weakness or the same, right. like if Satan could figure out, oh, all I have to do is just make sure. Um, just this one, one yeah, thing. this one particular thing. And I mean, granted, there are some universal <laughs> things that people like, you know, some people may be able to handle financial stress. Right. But financial stress is going to stress everyone in the world it, out. It's a you stress. Know, right. It's a stress. But, you know, other some people may be able to handle it better than others and you know i I was just gonna say being in a community of uh christians that's that's where you could go and you know god places people in our lives oh well i'm just really bad at finance i can't you know i'm stressed about this we'll go see you know there's a guy at church that's like a financial planner he can like right walk you through the practical steps of you know doing this or that yeah or you know i i just find it's uh funny how you know everything is has a purpose when you look kind of step back a little bit also and that's where the differences and the uniquenesses of uh individuals become um kind of beautiful you know like a tapestry yeah well um and your the key word there was was community yeah and this is this is it and that's a big thing too so the first thing the design is and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves but the design of of hardship and suffering is to make us more like Christ yeah, and draw us into him more. So maybe draw us more into him first and then secondly, become more like him. And then the, there is a third and these aren't really in any, maybe I shouldn't try and put them in an order, Yeah, but these are aspects. Yeah. So I'll take that back a little bit. Um, but what I was thinking was that you said community and that's vital, man. Um, there was a verse in Corinthians that I was looking for while you were talking when you mentioned it to me. It's Second Corinthians 1, verse 4. It says, we've experienced the comforts of God. Actually, I want to read it. Um, but basically, in, in essence, what community does is it allows us not only to experience comfort from somebody else, but it also allows us to be used by God to comfort someone else right. and have an experience of purpose mm-hmm. that we maybe never have experienced before or haven't been able to um, experience. Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, 
Yeah, that, that's really interesting the way you, you phrase that. That uh, I was just thinking, uh, I don't know, my, my, my brain back went back to this of um, someone might find their profession or their calling, um, maybe not calling, but to be like a tax accountant, you know what I mean? And then you think, you're like, oh, how do I... How do I glorify God being a tax accountant, you know, or I'm not a, you know, this doesn't, I'm not, I don't bring glory to God doing this or, you know, this is kind of worthless. I'm not a preacher. I'm not, you know, doing this. I can't leave a Bible study or something like that. But, you know, that savviness with money, you know, if you're able to help somebody else from the church, you can see how your blessings can be brought out on a date like yeah in a real practical way you know what i mean so i, I guess does that make sense yeah no to- yeah. totally all right let me read this verse to you all right first second uh, corinthians 1 4 uh let's see here it says he comforts us in all of all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they have trouble we will we will be able to give them the same comfort god has given us for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For we ourselves have are comforted and we certainly will comfort you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I was talking about. Dick, and that's community. So you can't experience that if you're isolated out and one of our ten- tendencies is is when we start to go through hardships is to think that nobody understands nobody cares and we get self-pity and we isolate out and we kind of go into a shell and I think some of that is necessary like I mean I need a little bit of time to like when I'm in the middle of something hard I need a little bit of time to kind of figure some stuff out like get my head wrapped around like okay I mean like retreat into a place where it's just you yeah I think I need to think I need to think it through a little bit yeah. and but if i stay there then what i'm doing is i'm that whole second corinthians 1 verse 4 is not going to be able to be applicable to my life like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be able to to be comforted you know by somebody else who's been through these type of things before yeah and experienced how god walked them through it and they were like you know like you know the perfect example of this is um you were talking about death earlier and there's never really the right words to say to someone when, you know, who's lost a, a loved one. And someone told me long when I became a pastor early on, he's like, he said to me, look, just the best thing you can say sometimes is I'm so sorry. And I just, I hurt, I hurt for you. And I was like, that is so weak. I'm like, come on, man. Isn't there a great verse? Like, you know, isn't there a good scripture verse that we can read to somebody? And he's like, no, it's not going to help him. And there are some great, wonderful verses that connect with death for a believer that are really encouraging. Like, you know, um, we don't mourn like the rest of the world for Mm -hmm. we know that we'll see our loved ones again, you know, and um, because he lives, we will live, you know, and there's these wonderful, you know, uh, reunions that we can experience in heaven with our loved ones uh, in Christ. But um, those don't matter in those moments necessarily. They don't, they're not going to bring it. But what does matter is when you say, I'm so sorry. Like, this is horrible. This absolutely sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. this sucks. And uh, and that identification with them is comfortable. It, it brings comfort. And, um, and so I think that when Paul was writing that in Corinthians, to 2 Corinthians, they were, they were in need of hearing that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, and the church was being persecuted as well. So that helps out too. But um, yeah, so, you know, suffering is designed to make us more like Jesus, to cause us to trust more in the Lord, to lean into him and to really draw from community. Yeah. So that we can receive that support, that help, that strength. I mean, if you've ever gone through a really hard time, there's nothing more, um, no, you don't feel more loved than when somebody sent, like just sends a text, hey man, I was praying for you this morning. How you doing? Hope you're doing okay. And they're not even asking for details. They're just like, hey, I'm thinking of you and praying for you. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of times, no human can change your circumstances anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I want you to be out of this hardship that you're in, but I can't do anything. I can't, you know, I, if I could snap my fingers and make this go away, I would do it, but I can't. So I'm just want to check in on you. You're not ready to jump off the ledge, are you? You're not. Right. <laughs> All sharp objects are in the drawer, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for real. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I think that's another, another aspect of it is, is to um, enhance community mm-hmm. and that, that's a whole nother topic that we've never really talked about, but community is vital for Christians and it's vulnerable and it can be, it can be a little dicey. Yeah. You know? Well, how about, well, how about since we're, that's such a big topic, why don't we dive into it a little bit if you want? <laughs> yeah. So like what, sure. um, since we talked about it a lot, what, it, what are we called? Uh, Cause I was going to say one of the questions, and I think you answered it um, before I even had to ask it was, you know, what, what, what's the responsibility or as a Christian who sees, you know, a brother suffering, what, what should they do? And you kind of lay that out, but you know, what is the, the idea of the community? What is it supposed to look like? Yeah. Um, well, it varies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a lot of variables. Um, so depending, like, I'll just start with like your age. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 50 and the community that I need around me is going to be different than someone who's even 30 or even in their twenties, their community is going to be um, a little bit different, I think. But Paul does give instructions pretty clearly in the scriptures where he talks about, um, you know, older men, you know, instruct the younger men how to be brave and how to follow, obey their parents and younger, older women instruct the younger women how to not be busybodies and how to be, you know, how to <laughs> right. be at home <laughs> serving their husbands. <laughs> how and... to make a good sandwich. <laughs> yeah, right? But, and there's nothing ashamed in that, man. That is like, you know, anyways, uh, Beth Moore just rolled over. <laughs> uh, she's not dead, but <laughs> um, anyways, my, my point is this, is that there's instructions on what, community should look like and mm-hmm. in the scriptures and that's a whole big topic that I haven't I'm not prepared to unpack because I okay. haven't studied it but yeah. but what I will say is I think it varies in different ages and different times of seasons of life you know um, like I have teenagers so some of the fellowship that I need right now the community that I need right now are people that are in the middle of that as well and they're experiencing victories and maybe they're not and so they're like able to like hold my arms up a little bit yeah. and, or they've been through it, you know, maybe they're a little bit past that and they've had some success or some failures and they can say, Hey, look, I was right. Like what you're doing. I would not do what you're doing. Yeah. It didn't work well. Yeah. So how about, 
a uh, how about I'll, I'll phrase it like this. So you know, uh, the thing, I, the point I'm trying to get across is, um, like what since we're going to suffer, yeah, what should a um, so like some good things for a Christian? I'm just trying to think yeah. of like some bullet okay. points. Yeah, it's like what kind of community? So it, I'm, I got gotcha. I'm talking I... for someone that may not have. Um, what if... you know? They're thinking like I don't even know how to. Um, who to have, or I only have people how I, my own age, or I only have this, right. I only have that, I only have that. So they never even get the community around them to help them when they're suffering, yeah. or they don't know how to help someone else when they're suffering. Yeah. They're not. So I've got a couple rules of thumb about, like, how do I measure that? How do I, like, yeah. what are parameters? So number one, less is more. Um, this is just something that I've, I've, um, and I'm an extrovert, which means I have, so... As an extroverted person, I'm not an Enneagram. I don't know what my Enneagram number is, but <laughs> as an extrovert, uh, my extroversion is typical to have a lot of very thin uh, relationships. So I have a lot of relationships, but none of them go deep. Mm. Um, but in this situation, when it comes to what I believe, what I would consider quality is less is more. Mm-hmm. So you have to reduce that down um, if you're an extrovert to a, a few very trusted and mature believers. Yeah. Can I make a point? Yeah. I was going to say, I know one of the, the most important things that um, maybe that I, I've learned, or, and I don't want to speak like I have a lot, a lot of wisdom, but so take it for what it's worth, is that, uh, you know, if you ask for opinions from 100 people, you know, you might, if you have an answer in your head already, and you ask 100 people, you could maybe find um, enough people that, can talk, you know, can agree with what you want to happen anyways, you know, in a general way. And, uh, in the same way you can get a multitude of advice that from people that may not know you very well. So, you know, to be there with you when you're struggling. Um, so I was just going to make a point is that, um, it's more important. I I just see that I'll just say it like this because I'm trying to tippy toe around it. Well, we don't need a tippy toe, okay. man. Yeah, there's no need okay. to tippy toe. So here's this thing: don't go telling everybody <laughs> what you're going through. Okay, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That does. Help. I'm thinking of something in particular that mm-hmm. um, I was someone was talking to me about, and uh, yeah, and you know, I was uh, I felt I felt really blessed. You know, like I was like, oh, I can't believe this person is sharing talking. That. Yeah, like right. okay, let me. You know, how can I help? Let's let's get down to it. And I said something, and uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, that's what all these other people." And they they started naming off all these other people. I told them, <laughs> and I'm like, "How many people have you talked to about this?" <laughs> like, you know. And they're like, "Oh, I don't know, like 10 yeah. I'm like, "How and how long?" And I'm like, "You're telling all that your business to everyone in like a couple of days." Yeah. Yeah, and so one of the things was, you know, keep it keep it private. That's not something. Right. You know, um, I yeah, just I, I just I, caution people that find people that you trust that really you know go through it and because then it, it just can cause so much more issues. Yeah. If, like if um, if you if you're struggling because uh, you're dating someone and they cheated on you, you probably shouldn't go. Like you should probably talk to a couple close friends that really know both of you guys in a relationship. Yeah. Right and can speak truth and guidance and be there and like 
knows intimate details, intimacy, you know, real intimacy, which is, you know, the nakedness of the soul. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's the, un I hear you like that, but in a very practical way, you know, that's going to bring you more troubles. If you just start going around saying, Oh, my boyfriend is like cheated on me or my girlfriend or, treated on me or with Facebook, you put it on, or on put it on Facebook tweet, tweet it or something out like or, that, yeah. you know, um, to get sympathy, <laughs> you know, like all that stuff. Yeah. And so don't do that. Yeah. So, I, and I would say this too, like, um, I, and that's excellent, man. That's great. What you just said is fantastic. Um, less is more in the sense of, and I would also say variety helps. So yeah. like I have a friend, a very probably, so I have a friend of mine, a, a very close brother in the Lord, who's, who's probably 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And then I have some guys my age, and then I have guys that are younger than me. And what you're doing is you're creating a flow. Yep. And so some of these relationships, I'm more of the giver than I am the receiver. Other ones, it's a little bit of like, we're both like, I don't know what the heck we're doing, whatever, <laughs> you know? And then the other ones, it's like, he's more than willing to, to say, share as a father would, you know, to his son or something like that. And I think that's how you want to, you want to build it. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, I don't want to like poop on the church or anything like that, but we haven't done a big service for ourselves when we take all of our middle school kids and plop them into one room and all of our high school kids plop them in another room and then all of our, you know, college age kids in another room and, um, and everybody else gets to go in the big room, you know, yeah. the main, the main church or whatever, but everyone can go in the main church if they want, but they, we've got this set aside for you. And I understand the wisdom in that. Cause it's like, we can teach them at their level and definitely for younger kids like elementary and, and even up into middle school, I think it's okay. But there is something about having high school and up around people that are a little bit older. Mm. It's just something about it. They actually will mature quicker. They'll draw, they'll learn from them, both good and bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps. So sometimes I don't think the church has done the best job in promoting this. And then we tell people, oh, get into a small group. And then we put everybody in a small group that's exactly alike. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's even the best either. Um, I understand the I understand the logic behind it, like minded, like going through the same stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, and hopefully you got a good leader that can you know walk them through it. Yeah. you know, miraculously, even though that leader's dealing with the same junk. Yeah, um, but I think when you look at the way the Bible has outlined it, older men pour into younger men. You know, younger men go to the older men. You respect your elders. You, you there's this whole, it's this whole community that's um, interactive mm -hmm. in that way. And so for me, less is more. Um, and number two, I would say in that community, when it, you're trying to figure out like, who, who do I, how do I tell, who do I tell, wh what do I get from? I think humility is another one that's a, a keynote. Finding people that are humble and that you yourself are humble. And, um, the second one is a lot, the latter one's a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for us to be humble, but finding people that are humble is important because you don't want somebody when you start telling them how, what's going on in your life or you're going to them that they're going to get a big head about it or think that they have some authority over you or control over you or whatever, you know? Um, and that takes a little bit of time. Sometimes you think you may have found somebody and then you realize this is not that guy or that this is not that woman, you know, that I should be. Oh, that's the other thing. <laughs> I think dudes should talk to dudes and yeah. women should talk to women. Very rare occasion should it be crossed over, you know, but typically I think it's a rule of thumb. It's a little bit smart. Yeah. I mean, like if I'm going to talk to you about a hardship I'm going through with something, 
you know, but like for me, for instance, so, you know, Rosie, like my first, my first person is my wife. Yeah. That I'm going to talk to. Yeah. She's the first one. She knows everything. She knows what's going on. She's going to be the first one all the time. Um, but there's things that she's not, not going to want to even to talk about with me. Yeah. Um, not because she doesn't care, but because it's one of those things where it's like, that's a dude's thing. You need to go talk to a guy, yeah. you know? And just like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily wanting to hear everything. Um, you know, that there's certain things that she's going to want to talk about with someone and I'm not the best person. Yeah. So, and I'm okay with that. You know, that's fine. But anyway, so yeah, if someone who's looking for community, those are the type of things you want to look for. Don't necessarily just stick with that one Mm -hmm. group that is exactly like you. Um, That's not necessarily the best, you know, route to go. Yeah. And I could be wrong on all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Community's hard. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard to find people that you're willing to walk a long period of time with, you know, through life. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you sometimes you get blessed and you find someone, one or two people, and yeah. you can you can hang with them, and um, they can see you on your ugly side, and they're not gonna ditch you, yeah, and talk about you behind your back. They're always gonna think best of you, and know that there's a part of you that's better maybe than what you're living up to, you know. Yeah, like I, I was just thinking, um, like there's maybe a handful. Like less than five guys in my life that know like literally everything about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, my best, you know, my close, my inner circle. My uh, I was just gonna say like it was cool this week. You know, um, without going into details, but uh, you know, um, and trying to circle back to like the maybe the suffering a little bit was uh, it's important for me. Like I value these guys and like you know, um. I sent, you know, I texted two of them and we got on the phone right away, talked for an hour. We haven't, you know, things have been busy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We caught up and it was just like they knew exactly about me, you know, and like I felt so much better and they're going through stuff and we could relate. And it was just like those relationships are like, um, I was going to say they're, they've been harnessed over years. Yeah. So I want to say like, I didn't get discouraged, you know, don't get discouraged for someone that doesn't have that. Like it takes time and getting vulnerable with someone. Yeah. Um, like, you know, building that real intimacy and relationship. I was going to say, so here's another question maybe to segue, um, to it. And, uh, maybe I, I don't think it's repeating the same kind of question of, um, that other episode we did about, you know, unanswered prayers or when he, we're going through it. So, what are we to do in a, in a practical way when we are suffering and, you know, it, I don't want to, yeah. Uh, what, what do we do if like it, it's just, it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, what are like some things like the, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying not to, yeah, I'm I, trying no, not I to have, say any detail, any, no, I know anything, but like, yeah. What do we do in a very practical way just to like, okay, what's the next step? What's this? Right. What's that? What do I do? Well, the first thing I would encourage any individual to do is not, okay, so you're not going to try and do this on your own. Yeah. You're going to involve a couple people around you in this hardship that they'll pray for you. They'll counsel you. They'll check in on you. Um, but you don't want to take matters into your own hands necessarily. That can be, 
that can lead down a really bad road. Yeah. If you're struggling with, you know, loneliness, the last thing you want to do is go try and find a quick hookup. Yeah. Which is a very, a very common tendency. You know, oh, I'm so lonely. I just want to be with somebody, and then Tinder, boom. Next thing you know, you regret. You know, and it could be a big regret. Yeah. Um. You know, if you're not careful. So what I would say is that when you're dealing with some of these hardships and things like that, you want to have your life accountable to somebody. Mm-hmm. So you're not don't just jump out on your own and try and handle it on your own. Um, and so that's all kind of like connecting all those things together. Yeah. Um, the other is is that you know Ephesians chapter six, Paul talks about spiritual warfare, and a lot of times when we're in a moment of weakness and we're in broken a broken state because of hardship, because of pain, because of suffering, Satan loves to just fly in in those moments and try and take advantage of us in that broken and down state. And Paul says, put on the armor, first of all. And then at the end of, I love it, and at the end of Ephesians 6, he says, after having done all to stand, stand. Hmm. And so I would say, don't give up. Don't give up, you know. Um, <laughs> just live it day by day. Walk through it day by day. And someone told me this in the middle of a hardship that I went through um, a few years ago, and I would I would start to overthink, and then I would what I would do is then I would project my fears out into the future. Yep. And projecting is something that we do naturally. We just do it, and um, and it's almost like a way of us. I don't know necessarily the proper psychological language for this, but I what I believe it is is we're projecting out into into the future and it's just like a film projector right like a projector whatever is inside is going to be projected out and so if you have fear and anxiety it's going to be projected out and that's what the future is going to be projected as so when you project out you're think you're you're in this hardship and this you're in trying to endure and whatever is going to project out is going to be the worst usually the worst case scenario yeah like I'm not going to make it. I'm going to go bankrupt or she's going to leave me or he's going to leave me. I was going to say perfect example. Like if you don't get a job you want, all of a sudden you're like, everyone hates me. I'm never going to get a job. I'm going to be homeless. (laughs) I'm going to be homeless. (laughs) Like, and this is all going to happen in three weeks. Right. right, And uh, yeah. So it's, I was going to say that's so true because it's never like, um, at least for me, whenever I'm going through something, I never project and I'm like, like my first thought, you know, is never, uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, God's, God's I, I didn't good. get, the, I didn't get this job, whatever. And now it's never, you know what, but there's probably a really good job around the corner. Right. And then five years from now, I'm going to be middle management. And then, you know, maybe 20 years from now, I'll have a great career and then I'll be able to retire and it's going to be awesome. And this won't even matter. Right. Like that never, is the first thought. the first one's on, you know, I'm going to be homeless and everyone hates me. It sucks. No, yeah. God hates me. I don't. God hates me. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> that's no, that's you're really right. good. Yeah. So I would say, um, don't try and handle it on your own, but then also don't believe your own thoughts necessarily. Like <laughs> doubt your, doubt your own thoughts sometimes and trust the Lord, you know, um, <laughs> projecting is like, a, it's a, it's a natural thing. We do it. It's, it's a natural tendency, but it's not good. Yeah. And I was- you know, some people have great person, like they have great outlooks. Yeah. Like I know some people and like the chips don't fall the way they want. And they're just like, man, God is so good. This is, 
I'm so excited because I cannot wait to see how this is going to turn out. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? Yeah. I'm like loading the gun, pointing it, <laughs> putting it in my mouth around the barrel. And they're like, this is so great. And I'm like, yeah, for who? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was going to say, it's so fun. I heard this is uh, to never like trust your brain in these situations because like one, one half is creating uh bs and the other half is believing it and it's just the whole cycle and uh you know it uh <laughs> in those certain times at least for me yeah it's just there's nothing uh i really cannot trust anything yeah that comes out of my own brain because it's fallen <laughs> it's broken well no that's a good point yeah You're, we are we're fallen creatures we are we we don't have and here's the other thing it's it sort of goes back to that same thing about the prayer mm-hmm. like why isn't god answering my prayer well we don't have all the information you know, a lot of what God does in our lives is protective. And, you know, we're just rolling through and we're trying to move to the next thing and, um, you know, in, out of not being content or whatever. And uh, what happens is God's like, I'm putting up obstacles and you're hitting your head hard and it hurts, but I'm doing it on purpose because that's not good for you. Mm. It's not best for you. And so a lot of times we misinterpret these situations that we're in. And sometimes, like, I mean, like, legitimate, like, I got cancer, not not me, but like, someone gets cancer. Uh, that's a bad, that's a bad prognosis. That's a health thing. And, you know, God, <laughs> I don't think that's a situation where God's like putting up a roadblock. Yeah. I think it's a natural fallen world we live in, and, and that's one of the products of it. And it's going to be painful, and it, there's going to be a lot of questions, and it may not turn out good. Mm. You know, there may be, it may be the end, you know, and, but what it it's what it should do is turn you back to god it's a full circle it turns you back to god to trust in him to to know him and 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 to to lean into him um there's a great verse about that connects with this can i read it out of yeah, Hebrew, please. hebrews 10:34 and this is one i've i've always loved this verse um it's 34 and 35 and um it starts off hold on i have this new bible right and this pages all stick together <laughs> <laughs> I love that about new Bibles, by the yeah. way. Uh, it says, "When you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and and uh, when you all, I'm sorry, when you when you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when when all you owned was taken from you, uh, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. And then this is what I love. What he says, he says." So don't so do not throw away this confidence and this trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. So, you know, this goes back to what Paul says in Ephesians 6, after having done all to stand, stand. So keep standing for the Lord, but don't throw away your confidence that God loves you, that God has a plan, that God has a purpose behind these things. And sometimes we can't and and I firmly believe this sometimes we will never know the purpose until we get to heaven mm-hmm. there there will be things left unknown on this earth for whatever reason for whatever reason either we can't handle what the reality or the truth is or it still has to play out mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to exit this this physical world and enter the spiritual realm before of eternity it. before it finishes playing out yeah. and so we don't have a need to know you know what I mean? And it goes back to that other thing. God doesn't owe you an explanation. Yeah. I was just thinking of uh, Exodus. You know, so um, when, the, when they're in the exile, 
like how many of the original Israelites actually made it to see the promised land? Three. Yeah. Three of the originals. Everyone else died in the desert. That's what the whole book of Numbers is about. Number, yeah. Yeah. So it was, jo- or, I'm sorry, two. Joshua and Caleb were mm-hmm. the only two that saw it. So um, everyone else died. And it was because they had faith, right? Mm-hmm. They believed God when they went into Jericho and they were spying out the land. They believed the report of the spies that it was good, a good report. And so they were they were given the opportunity to move into the promised land. And um, and you're right. That's exactly right. Like, are we going to trust God, have confidence in God, that he's his character? Like, what do we know about him? Well, we know he's faithful, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I've been through worse. Well, maybe not worse, but it was the worst up to that point, and he yeah. got me through that. So what would make me think that he's not going to be faithful to me now? Mm-hmm. He's always been faithful. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I like this idea that it kind of puts things into perspective in a, a very human uh, humanistic way, and I don't like that word, but um, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, the, you mean humanity?" <laughs> like, a, yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know, whatever, whatever way. It just it, it puts things into perspective of the earthly, oh. and um, you know, it's interesting. I wonder um, when I'm reading, you know, when you go through all these genealogies, it, it, it's 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 fascinating to me. When there there's entire genealogies that like are obviously important, you know, like in uh, cor- so here kind of a question. So correct me if this is wrong or right. So in Jesus's lineage, you know, they there's great lengths to to make sure that they um, that it you know it was the correct lineage that he had to come through to fulfill prophecy, right? Yeah. Is there anyone in that lineage that is never really talked about in the Bible? That like oh, they're just yeah. like that's Joseph fed or something like that. And like, that's the only time he's named. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. So to put it back into this personal, you know, this way is, um, I don't know. Sometimes I think of, um, well, it is a double edged sword. Cause sometimes I think, Oh, I'm going to die alone. I'm never going to have a wife and kids, you know, like, <laughs> right. that kind of way. So on the, on a good day, which is most of the time when I'm like, Oh, you know, God's got my family taken care of. That's kind of self-depreciating humor. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think it's really interesting that maybe um, when I'm going through something or, you know, the, the stuff that never makes sense is it's kind of cool to think, what if, like, what if I go through life and I just am um, a good person, you know, and I love Jesus and I, I do everything I can and I just, you know, live as best as I can and the best I get is, I die and, you know, um, you know, people are like, he was a good guy. You know, we'll see him up in heaven, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and like, can I be okay with just being a normal average guy, you know? Yeah. But I just think of how cool it would be. Like, what if my, gr- you know, what if my grandson is, turns out to be this, you know, hugely important person. And I had, um, like, would I be okay with just being uh, an asterisk? in um in some timeline in some timeline yeah. that was used by god to produce this miraculous result like right and that might be something that's so like that's what i'm saying i wonder if there's people in jesus's lineage who 
I mean, we're directly used by God. Like God's like, you, you know, right. uh, not getting into free will, you know, all this stuff, but was, was used by God to produce Jesus. How cool is that? Like, to and, bring and forth, they never knew. Yeah, right. Like they never knew until right. they're up in heaven uh, or, you know, wherever, wherever the old Jews are. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, they're up there. And yeah. like, then they're finally like, that's so cool. And they, the recognition doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if that has to do with suffering, but that kind of gives me hope in some stuff is, you know, am I okay with being, uh, you know, it's like right-sized if I can just be used by God however it is. And maybe, um, you know, uh, I don't need this miraculous huge life or can I be okay with, uh, you know, not being a millionaire or something like that? Because that'd be, you know, if I'm used for God, I, I don't know. I just, I really, can, I get yeah. a lot of hope out of um, in hopeless times when I think of there's people that God used that right. aren't even talked about in the Bible, but you, or, well, you know, more expanded on. I mean, we live in a culture where it's, uber comparative yeah like everybody has to compare themselves to somebody else and like somebody else and yeah. you know and and we're and with social media it's even worse because now you're you're you have a view into people's worlds that they permit and they create and um and they shape it you yeah. know they delete the bad pictures and put up the great ones and so um what happens is we buy into that mm-hmm. and but there is nothing um there is nothing um ordinary about obedience to god yeah and that's basically what you're saying um you know like for you to live a life of obedience to god it may from a world from a perspective from the outside it may seem to be very mundane and and nothing too spectacular but in god's hands that life is extraordinary because obedience to him is nothing ordinary that is extraordinary and um it's it's very very powerful I like to use that story about the triumphal entry when Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Mm -hmm. And before he does that, he asks a few of the disciples to go get this donkey. And they, they, he sends them on the journey. They go out and get the donkey. And I can imagine like, you know, and it's right around the same time where the sons of thunder are like, Hey, can I sit at your left? Can I sit at your right? And like there, there's a power play happening within the ranks of the disciples. They want to be known as, the better ones and they and they think Jesus kingdom is going to be earthly mm-hmm. now you know and during the time of the gospels and they, they think they're going to have a position there and, and all of that and so they're going to get this donkey and I can imagine they're like oh great Peter gets to go with them walk on water and what do I get to do I get to go get an ass you yeah. know and bring it back you know here's your ass Jesus you know right <laughs> I just like saying that because that's what the King James calls it yeah but what they were doing and I don't know if they realized this at the time but there was a scripture out of Micah that they were fulfilling and it was Daniel was speaking of it too and it was it was literally a scripture that was hundreds of years previously prophesied that was they were used to fulfill they were a part they were instrumental in fulfilling a prophecy that was hundreds of years old that was going to earmark Jesus and pinpoint him as the Messiah because of the day w- that he walked in or they rode into Jerusalem on the day of of you know of uh, triumph, and uh, they were singing the songs to him and laying the palms down, Palm Sunday. And uh, can you imagine, like you get sent, you're grumbling about getting sent to go pick up a donkey to bring back to Jesus, and unknowingly you're fulfilling hundreds of years of prophecy because of being obedient. There's no small 
uh, thing to God that's a, an obedience. Yeah. There just isn't. Yeah. And I was going to say, even with the suffering, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I would immediately regret this. And I maybe I should say, God, I'm not praying for this. So please don't take this as a prayer when I, when I say this. <laughs> is I, I love would, how you I, preface things with God. <laughs> uh, like, w- like, what about Job? Like, Job was like he was used as an example to to million countless people. His yeah. suffering could, um, and I, I mean, can is used to help. Yeah, many, 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 many people. Yeah, every so, generation. I mean, even you know the suffering, you know. So that's what I was gonna say is God. I don't want to. I, I I don't. I couldn't be Job. So don't like throw a bunch of stuff on you know me because then I won't be able to handle it. Yeah, like him. <laughs> yeah, don't use weak. me as an example. But I was gonna say like, I don't know. Um, I don't think Satan's going to God for on my behalf no. to say, hey, have you considered Turner? Yeah, he's he's gonna buckle, and God's like, yeah, I know. That's why you're just gonna stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, so um, maybe to kind of tie it together, um, how much, I guess, in a in a kind of practical way, how much of it is, do you think, spiritual? Um, when we're going through suffering, how much of it is spiritual? How much is it practical? Because I know, like, and sometimes I'll get into this this thing with me uh i remember one time i could not find my wallet and this sounds so silly and so ridiculous but i there's like i remember like screaming at god and i was like <laughs> i was like satan why have you hit like hidden hit my, my wallet <laughs> and like i could not find it because i needed to get on a plane like i had to get <laughs> to somewhere and i really needed it and uh it was this whole fiasco and it ended up my wallet got stolen you know? Oh, wow. And it was something like that. There's no way you could have. There's could've... no way I could have done it. Yeah. And I just remember, I, like, my immediate thing was, like, this is Satan. Um, and that sounds so silly, but. Um, I don't know, think so. I don't, I don't think it sounds silly. Oh. But, yeah, so in a, in a, yeah. In a way, you know, um, how much do you think on a daily basis is, uh, like, a, a real suffering? How much of it is spiritual? How much is of it is physical? Do you think that there are any, maybe to put you on a spot, <laughs> any signs that this might be more spiritual um what can be you know like you know anything like that like maybe it's a demonic attack maybe it's yeah. something like that maybe it's so hard to talk about when it's just general all suffering <laughs> right right <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah but uh well so here's my thought yeah. on that i think a lot of it is spiritual um and this is my view on suffering that suffering is permitted by god Mm-hmm. So it's passed through the hands of God first before it's come into my life. So that means it's got a spiritual connection there. Mm. Um, what he uses to allow the, the, whether it's a job loss or a health issue or a relationship thing or whatever, those are just common. Yeah. Um, that doesn't matter. That's insignificant um, in the bigger scheme of things. And like I said, S- Satan does come in and try and take advantage of a weak, you know, person. Like if you're an, a wounded lamb, you're easy prey. And that's what he's looking for. He's not looking for the valiant fighter who's going to put up a fight and come back at him, you know, with a sword drawn. He's looking for the limping, broken one that is easy prey that he can pick off. So I think that in they're, they're, they're mutual. Hmm. God has permitted it. Satan wants to take advantage of it. 
but we we've been given instructions to turn to the Lord more, trust in him more, don't throw away our like it said in Hebrews, there, don't yeah. throw away your confidence, you'll be richly rewarded if you do. And that's in that's literally connected to suffering because he's like you were thrown in jail and your stuff was taken. Like all your possessions were literally stolen from you. Yeah. And you you gave it up with joy and you'll be richly rewarded because your confidence is in the Lord. So persevere through the hardship, trust the Lord in it, and um, and then have people around you, have community around you. It's almost like, here's your blueprint. In the midst of it, some of your help's gonna come from comfort from God's word. Some of it's gonna come from God's people. Some of it's gonna be, there is no comfort. You just need to keep, you just gotta get, get to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Get through today, and then let, we'll, if tomorrow comes, we'll get to tomorrow. And we'll just keep going that pathway, you know, and um, and rebuke the enemy. Rebuke your rebuke the enemy and rebuke your flesh. Your flesh is going to want to fight back and be comforted. It's going to want to self-medicate. It's going to want to project. It's going to want to run away. It's going to want to do all the things that we do that perpetuate hardship a, a lot of times in our lives. Uh, sometimes you, and even if you get all that stuff down right, you still might have to sit in it for a while. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, maybe... This is being um, a thirty-year-old and going through stuff thirty-year-old single guys go through. <laughs> is uh, I hate. Uh, uh, was it Paul that was jailed for seven years, ten years? He was jailed, yeah, uh, several years. He was jailed a bunch of times, but he did spend, I think, three years in. Uh, oh, I must be thinking of something else. Well, I'll use a better Joseph, example. Joseph was jailed, wrongly, wrongly jailed. I in the Old Testament, I was thinking of. But how about the the. I know this is so cliche, but I do get hope out of it. Um, like Abraham having to wait all those, the 10 years. Is that 10 years before they were able to have, um, when they said he was, he was going to Oh, conceive. for the promise for yeah, the child? Yeah, it was, yeah, he had to wait for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he was already like 90. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting to remember that, uh, yeah, our, our timing is not in God's timing. Um, we can't, yeah. uh, uh, or these are important things for me to remember. God's timing is not my timing. And uh, there's nothing I can do to really do anything about it, but draw close. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say, I, I, it's one of those things that uh, um, I hate thinking that it could be 10 years or something like that, you know, like in a practical way of like waiting sure. for all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, there's he God eventually showed up. You know, and it was so awesome. And uh, I, I take a lot of hope in that. But at the same time, I, I really liked how you said that everything passed through His hands and is, uh, you know, in, in the way that a sifter. I was just thinking of this, uh, the you know, a physical hand with uh, maybe sand's a better idea because. I don't think hands can really keep water's going to slide around and find its way all the way out anyways yeah, right. around a hand. Um, but in the same way that uh, the suffering's allowed to pass through his hand and it's touched by God, you know, mm-hmm. and allowed this, I have to think that at some point, and we touched on it earlier, that it's not personalized in a way, but it is personalized in a way. Oh, yeah. Um, like where you said, like, there's stuff I know that I cannot handle and um, well, I don't know that I can't handle it now because maybe there's stuff I can. But the, you know, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> right. there's stuff that God knows the way I'm built. Just you know. So I wonder 
and I have to imagine it's so, that there is suffering that God does stop that I will never know about. Yeah. That he does not permit to happen into my life. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if he is allowing some stuff, and I don't want to sound callous about this, but you know, maybe when I die and I look back and I'm like, you know, there is some hard stuff, but overall, you know, God bless, you know, someone else that went through so much more than, you know, I, I know that I couldn't handle it and they handled it with grace or something like that. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. or I just look and go, I do not know how that happened. And I'm so grateful, you know, maybe for the life I lived or, you know, whatever. Um, I, <laughs> I, it just makes me think of what God is actually sparing me from that might be down the thing and he never allows to happen, you know, oh, that yeah. there is definitely, you know, I take, I do take some hope in that, that there is stuff that quite possibly could happen to me that God is not allowing to happen. So it's not all, you know, I just don't want uh, this idea of God just going like, you know, throw this at you, throw this at you. Like every <laughs> single thing of suffering is not coming at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is stuff that is being held back and, um, well, you know, two things I would I say. I will never know. Paul says we look we look through a glass dimly. Yeah. So, like I said, we don't have all the all the insights. Yeah. And yeah, for sure, God's holding back things that would crush us. Yeah. Uh, out of love. Yeah. And He lets the stuff come, and it feels like it's going to crush us, but it strengthens us. If you let it, if you let it have its course with you, it's all kind of like you know Hebrews also talks about God's discipline, right? Yeah. Once it's had its way. Man, at the end of it all, you praise God, you realize it, and then the next time something comes around, like you're stronger. Mm -hmm. I, like you were saying, like I went through something that wasn't as bad as this, but at the time it was the worst thing I've ever gone through. And so that comes back around, you're like, I've been through this before. It's yeah. it's not the end of the world. I surely am going to live. But um, I'm trying to find a... Uh, and Peter, Peter wrote about it. He basically said, look, man, you get... Don't be surprised when these trials and these tribulations come upon you. He says, don't be surprised by them. He says, for they are purposed by God for the perfection of your faith. In other words, your faith is more valuable than silver and gold, and God's going to refine it. In other words, the refining of God is a fire, the flame, that's a representative of heat. Heat is not comfortable. Yeah. you know. And so to be made more like Christ and your faith to become more pure, in other words, my to have pure faith means that I trust solely in God, in Jesus, solely in, in Jesus, not Jesus in my bank account, not mm -hmm. Jesus in my wife or my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend, not Jesus in some friend, not Jesus in anything else, but just Jesus. And he, he turns up the heat so much that that's really all you can trust in sometimes. And when you get to that point, your faith is becoming completely refined and it's, it's a beautiful, but very, very ugly place yeah it's hard yeah it's really hard and it, it yeah it's i was just gonna say it's interesting that uh you know if everything's used for his purpose like i said that there's there's stuff that is not going to be useful to me that is not being allowed to happen it right. just makes it more like personable and i know that you know god's with me whenever i go through something or yeah. you know that it's <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I don't want to say like it's tailor made for me. So even, I mean, it is even in my sufferings, he knows me intimately and he cares about me specifically Absolutely. for my suffering that it still is 
it's not even just God's the divine watchmaker who sets the universe into motion. It's like even the sufferings that come to me are specifically designed or allowed or touched by God and right. not in not a malicious way, but like you know what Dude, I mean? It's so much more He is in you. He's with you. Right. Like he's literally and he's going through it. Yeah, he's literally right with you in the midst of it. Yeah. Which is which is so crazy. Like he's mm -hmm. like, No, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. I know it's hard, but I'm with you and I'm way bigger than this. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a great view yeah. of it. I was gonna say, uh it was really interesting. I looked up this I love this C. S. Lewis quote. I don't know if you've ever heard it before, but uh pain insists a upon being attended to mm. god whispers to us in our pleasures speaks in our consciences but shouts in our pains mm. it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world wow yeah yeah pain turns you to god and that's yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah. I and was gonna say, yeah there's a lot of moments when you know the, the the stuff that actually was really bad uh you know sufferings i can think back not all you know a certain thing definitely came through with a you know i had some cool spiritual experiences at the same time as going through <laughs> some of the stuff you know looking yeah. back being removed by it yeah i'm like oh that's 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 something pretty cool that god did in that midst well i love romans the promise out of romans eight twenty eight: he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion so it's all part of the process man yeah living being we're gonna we're headed to a destination he wants us to be prepared, you know? Yeah. Well, how about, I want to leave it with this. Okay. Because uh, at the end, and maybe take it back around. Sure. Have you ever heard about St. Bartholomew? I have heard of him, yes. Okay. Because I, someone pointed this out to me when I was going through something recently. And uh, it was just one of those things. So at the end of the day, um, I don't want to. Maybe this is kind of in vain, a little bit of some humor uh, to end it up with. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, it could always be worse because St. Bartholomew was skinned alive. He was flayed alive. <laughs> the skin of his body was cut into strips, then pulled off. It left his body open and bleeding for a long time. Mm. And then he was beheaded um, for sh sharing the gospel. And while he was being flayed, he still was like proclaiming for Christ. So at the end, you know. That's a rough day. Uh, <laughs> That's I a hope, bad day. I hope that doesn't happen to me, but you know. <laughs> right. Me too, the, Rosie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could always be worse. <laughs> right. Because if that happens to you, we're usually around each other. Uh, yeah, it's probably it, coming it my happened, way too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyways. Um, that's good, man. I'm glad that uh, you you recommended that we talk about this. Yeah. That was good. And hey, look, if you're going through it, just hang in there. Don't give up. Persevere. Trust in the Lord. Lean into him. Reach out to somebody. Tell him you need prayer, you know, and uh, and just live for today. Tomorrow's not promised anyway. You got today to live for today. Get through today. And let's see what happens tomorrow. Just work it that way. Yeah. Perfect. You keep that attitude. Next thing you know, you'll be you'll be on the other side of it. Mm. So you're on the other side of it. Whether um, I was going to say, I want to, even if it, everything's not okay, it's okay. Yeah, that's so, right. You know, your attitude towards it can change while going through it. Right. So I was going to say, you know, you can get through it even if you're not through it yet. That's right. You can be over it. Wise words. 
Yeah. Wise words, but they're not mine, so <laughs> that's why they're wise. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll catch you next time on All Out War. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. <laughs>